It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Bleacher Report, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, Lee'sHeatAC.com. Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Lease any phone and get an iPad or a Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. From the Bleacher Report, he's our good friend Howard Beck. Howard, first and foremost, how are you? How uh, family, everybody doing all right? Good afternoon, fellas. Yep, I'm good. Family's good. Um, nothing, nothing's changed for us. Just uh, a lot of uh, hours spent in the apartment over the last week since I last chatted with you. But uh, status quo. You know, I, I'm sure we're going to ask you about this every week. But uh, you being there in in New York, how is your community handling this? You know, it's interesting because you know when I you know I grew up in California, and every time there was you know say an earthquake. If I was living in the Bay Area where I grew up and there was an earthquake in L.A., then people back east are always like, are you guys okay? And then like, folks, we're like, you know, 500 miles from the earthquake. Um, and then it, it's always like this, right? Like wherever in the country you are, there's a report from somewhere, something's going on, and it just it feels like, like it's consuming an entire city or state. And um, I have, and I'm, I'm grateful for this, I've gotten a lot of uh, texts in the last couple of days from, from friends around the country and people in the NBA going, how are you guys doing? I think because obviously all the reports on CNN are, are obviously about New York being really the epicenter right now of, of the pandemic. And it's, it's interesting. You don't feel it on a day-to-day basis because, one, we are social distancing, so we are staying in our apartment most of the day. Two, when we do leave, we're just you know taking walks around the neighborhood. Um, what you notice, as I think I might have mentioned last week, is this things are just really, really quiet. and There's not a lot of traffic, which is very strange for New York. And obviously, a lot of our restaurants and shops are closed or doing, you know, limited service, takeout, that kind of stuff. And so it's it's just eerily quiet. You can tell that things are not normal here. But in terms of the the impacts of the pandemic and how bad it's gotten here, I see the numbers the same as you guys do. I don't feel it because we're not near a hospital. And I don't work in a hospital, but I'm I'm reading and watching, and as am you know, I'm as alarmed and you know um, concerned as anybody else, and it, and it does cause a certain amount of anxiety, especially when you hear where the stats are and where they're headed, probably, and what the trend lines are. And um, but all we can do is is you know keep you know practicing good habits not go out much except when we need to to take a walk get fresh air go to to to, you know get some groceries and um and you know all the usual stuff hand washing all that but um it's 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 i'm sure there are neighborhoods here where you feel it more acutely or if you've got you know friends or loved ones in the medical profession I think you'd be feeling it really intensely just because of the stories you'd be hearing every day and the concern you'd have for them. Um, but I, I feel kind of cut off from that, just being in our, our, our little, you know, you know, whatever, half-mile radius here that we have barely strayed from. Obviously, Howard, we're concerned about everyone who comes down with uh, the coronavirus. But, uh, you know, uh, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, who so famously tested positive with it, we're cleared uh, today, so uh, that was a little bit of good news. 
Yeah, good news there. Um, apparently, uh, Christian Wood is also in the clear now. You know, eventually, I'm sure we'll be hearing that Marcus Smart and Kevin Durant and the unnamed others from the Lakers and Nets. Uh, I'm sure we'll all be fine too. I mean, I, I, I would expect nothing else. Um, it's not that that uh, people in that age range can't die from the from the virus. We've we've seen plenty of reports of people of, of all ages, um, even people who were as far as they knew, completely healthy and had no underlying concerns or compromised immune systems or anything else. So it is, it, it can be deadly and, and, you know, to people of all ages and, and um, health profiles, we know that. But I, I think, yeah, listen, hearing that these guys are in the clear, it's a relief, but I think it's what we all expected too. Um, these, these are obviously some of the, the you know, best conditioned people on earth and uh and our, our pictures of health so um yeah thankful to hear that um but certainly w- what we would have expected and listen you know as much as the nba has done a, a, a really good job of educating its players and its teams about what to do ever since the shutdown there's still the possibility that others are going to, to come down with this along the way and you know there the you know concerns about a second wave um concerns about what happens once the league does start up again or once society starts up again, you know, there, there, you know, I, I hope there aren't more cases uh, among the NBA, but there, there, there almost certainly will be because there almost certainly will be obviously, you know, across our society. NBA, NBA franchises, Howard, like, I mean, so many businesses out there are trying to, you know, adapt to make this uh, as pain, you know, as least painful financially as they possibly can and, and trying different things. What do you think about what the Philadelphia 76ers uh, attempted to do by cutting salaries 20 percent for their employees who made over 50 K and the backlash that ensued? That was really fascinating to watch. Um, I'm not surprised because, you know, during the lockout in 2011, teams furloughed employees, laid off employees, cut pay, did all kinds of things. Now, that was in the midst of a, of a labor battle, and I think to an extent those employees back then were almost, you know, uh, just just victims of, of the situation where if the NBA is trying to insist that, well, we can't afford to keep going with the structure that we have, then you know, they needed to apply that everywhere. And this is different, obviously. This is not a shutdown for financial reasons, but the the, the shutdown is uh, being forced on them, but it is causing financial woes for the league. Um, And so I'm not surprised that a a team might make this kind of move. I I think it was incredibly tone-deaf and ill-conceived. I think that it was also... Um, too soon, you know. The, the league's been shut down for, at the time that they announced it, less than two weeks, and you're already starting to impose these kinds of of hardships on your employees. Um, you know, you, you, you know, if, if, there's there's a certain amount of loss that is just kind of understood with this that teams are going to have to take. And yeah, most of these NBA teams are owned by billionaires now, and yeah, they can afford these short-term losses much more easily than their employees can afford that 20% pay cut. So it just comes off as callous and tone deaf, especially given the moment and what our country is going through. Um, And, you know, it's just fascinating to see how quickly they doubled back and uh, kudos to, to Joel Embiid for, I think, triggering a lot of that because his pledge to try to help out those same employees 
I think really turned the tables on the owners. And, you know, I, I, I tweeted it that day that, you know, we essentially had a millionaire athlete uh, making up the pay or helping out the, 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 or helping restore the pay of the employees who's had their salary cut by the billionaire owner. Like it just is a bad look, you know, yeah, he can afford it, but the owners of the Sixers can much more afford it. Um, and so, you know, credit to Joel Embiid for creating the uh, really awkward optics that I think forced their hand. And, you know, the reports were that not all of their owners, not everybody in their ownership group was on board with that move in the first place, but you know, it's still early and, We'll have to see, you know, whether other teams try to do the same thing in, in the weeks and months to come. Because uh, the, the 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 sharper the losses are, the uh, I think the more likely it is that the teams will try it. Let me ask you a little more about that, Howard, because I don't want to be pessimistic here or anything. But if the if the season is shut down. Uh, what happens? How does the league react to that? Do they tre- try to recoup their losses somehow? Does the offseason proceed as it normally would? What, what would you expect if that were the scenario? If the season is wiped out? Yeah. I think it depends on when it actually happens um, and under what circumstances. You know, uh, the, Dr. Fauci the other day had, had the quote, where you know you don't make the timeline, the virus makes the timeline, and I think it's the most important thing that everybody needs to keep in mind now. Like the the, the NBA isn't making this timeline, the I mean, Adam Silver isn't making this timeline, the, the the you know team owners aren't making the timeline. The virus makes the timeline, and all anybody else can do is react. And you know if it gets to a point where it's clear that they cannot finish this season, I, I don't know how the league responds to that. Um, I, you know, I, I think depending on where we are at that moment, you know, maybe they still try to fit in some semblance of playoffs so that it feels like there's a finality to the 2019-2020 season. Um, you know, all, all the scenarios that are being bandied about right now are that whenever they resume, whenever it's clear and they're cleared to go, they will have some semblance of a playoffs. They will crown a champion. And then if it pushes back to start of next season, then it just pushes back to start of next season. If it goes into the next summer in 2021, then it goes into the, in the summer of 2021. And if that impacts the Olympics, then it impacts the Olympics. I mean, they, they can only anticipate so much. But I think they are prepared for all of those scenarios. If we don't see another regular season game, Howard, who's your MVP? It's Giannis. I mean, it was certainly Giannis for much of the season anyway, various other people who were in the running or who looked like they were an interesting candidate at any given moment. But, you know, as much, as strong as LeBron and the Lakers were coming on, there were still 19 games to go for the Lakers. And I, my feeling is that the Lakers needed those last 19 games. LeBron needed those last 19 games to catch Giannis. Um, his, his numbers were really strong. Their record was strong, but the Bucks' record was still better, and Giannis's numbers were still better. And Giannis was doing it in like three or four minutes less per game. Giannis is only—he only averaged 31 minutes a game this season, and had a lot of fourth quarters off because they were blowing teams out. Number one defense in the NBA, and Giannis is the key to that defense. Number six offense in the NBA, and on top of it all, Giannis was doing it without another superstar. You know, he has a really good supporting cast, and in some ways. His supporting cast, if we go beyond two, if you're talking like three through eight on in the rotation, Milwaukee has the better three through eight. 
but the Lakers have the better number two with Anthony Davis. And so Giannis is largely you know, elevating a team of really solid players, uh, whereas as LeBron was elevating a team with one other superstar and a bunch of, uh, you know, just just okay players. Um, so I, I, I think that, that for all those reasons, you know, Giannis had the MVP. Not, I don't say locked up because those last 19 games matter. That's a big chunk of the season. It, was it possible for LeBron to catch him? Sure, especially if the Bucks faded and the Lakers ended up with the best record in the league. That would have been a, a factor worth considering. Giannis had the knee, and who knows? What if Giannis had missed the rest of the season? I don't think that the knee was, was that severe. But what if he had? If he missed a fourth of the season, does it suddenly, or a fifth, or close to a fifth, would it suddenly change the dynamics? Maybe, but we'll probably never know. Howard, Jake brought this up uh, yesterday or somewhere in there. He said so much for moderating the minutes of certain players and resting them <laughs> for for later in the year in the postseason. Now, I guess uh, that really didn't come to any kind of fruition this time around. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, load management uh, became uh, pretty irrelevant. But, I mean, it's, you know, there's no planning for something like this. Um, and the interesting thing will be that if the season can resume again, in fact, everybody will be really fresh, but also really rusty. And we may have a different kind of load management if the season resumes, because they're going to have to be really careful not to get guys injured by being out of shape. And something I keep saying, there's no way you can stay in shape under these circumstances because all the home gyms in the world aren't giving you the basketball run that you need. And unlike during the lockout season when guys could play pickup, you can't even play pickup. If you're, if you're abiding by all the social distancing rules, you're not even playing pickup. So you're going to go weeks, maybe months, with nothing but you know shooting at your own hoop by yourself or maybe your, your, your kid or your spouse is rebounding for you. Um, so if, if they do start play again, they're going to need, you know, I think, a couple weeks of training camp. They're going to need some scrimmaging, and still, I think the basketball could look really rough around the edges when they restart. Well, Howard, we always appreciate you dropping by the show. Thank you very much, and uh, yeah, don't uh, don't get too bored social distancing. <laughs> appreciate it, fellas. Take care of yourselves. Thanks, Howard. Howard Beck from the Bleacher Report, one of our very favorites, joins us each and every Friday right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Yeah, you know, that's it. A, sorry, it go ahead, up, Gordon. It, yeah, it brings up a really interesting point there, Jake, about how long it'll take these finely tuned athletes to get back where they need to be in order to fully com- compete. Yeah. It, it, it's going to take some sort of training camp, right? I, I mean, I don't know how long that would be, but you'd have to just to get everybody back in some sort of shape where you're not really risking injury by going out there. I mean, we can't all be you, Gordon, who I'm sure could – step onto a basketball floor tomorrow and compete at a high level. You know, some of us need to, to ramp up to that. Uh, yeah, it would only take me probably about three years. But, <laughs> Is that uh, all? I thought you've been uh, keeping up with the workouts. What, through this I, whole I have thing. been. Three like, years. But like Howard was saying, you don't just uh, <laughs> jump out on a basketball court and go full <laughs> speed like that. At least I guarantee you that I don't. But I think even these guys who are so, you know, so in such great shape. Uh, and I, I guarantee you they are pumping iron at home, going through various workouts. They probably have, whether they have trainers 
uh, in-house or whether they're doing – I thought that was interesting that George Niang informed us yesterday that the Jazz are doing virtual workouts uh, via via Zoom or something so they can work out together without being in the same room. Yeah. Well, you, uh, I mean – I, I feel like a broken record when I keep saying this, and we're going to talk to Tom about just this in, in, in a moment. But everybody's adapting, right, Gordon? You know, everybody's adapting to try and make the best out of this and, you know, having the ability to do virtual workouts. I mean, uh, Coach Whittingham talked about it when he was on the station earlier this week where you can, you know, monitor uh, what your athletes are doing, even if they're not uh, in the same, you know, state in a lot of cases when it comes to college football, that you can, you know, keep up with it and do your best uh, to continue on with life. And uh, that's what we've all got to do, right? Uh, no doubt about that. And I can guarantee this one thing. It's uh, in, a, in a time of unknown unknowns, this is one thing that I do know. No one, no one who is living through this will ever forget it. That's for sure. All right. Well, more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.